To this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. I said, are you ready? Can you, can you turn me down a little bit up here, Fred? I'm going to get excited today and I'm already loud. I want to talk once again about our relationship with God. Being alive again. Say that with me, alive again. Alive again. You may say, well, I'm still alive. I think we need to be alive again. I think there's a whole lot more life that we need to discover in our walk with God. So we're going to talk once again with our relationship with God. So how well are you doing? I mean, how well are you and God doing? On a scale of 0 to 10, where would you honestly, perhaps today, place your relationship with God? And I wonder which way it's heading. We think about the scale, but are we on the left or are we going up on the right? Are we increasing or is it decreasing? Because it's okay to say, well, I'm about a 5 or a 6, but where have you come from? Did you come from a 7 and 8? Or did you come from a 3 to 4? And I really believe that our relationship with God is so vitally important because it affects every aspect of our life. So how close are you really to God? I I threw that question out once, and this was an answer that someone gave me, and I like this. Someone said to me once, I want to be so close to God that I don't have to hear His voice, but I can feel Him move and breathe. It's pretty incredible, huh? Yes, the voice is important and we want to hear the instruction of God. But what about if we were so close to God that we could hear Him both move and breathe? That to me shows an intimacy, a level that we need to have in our lives. A relationship that I can know God. And that's the way that God wants to know every one of us. God wants to know us so intimately, so closely. That we are one, literally, with Him. And when we experience that type of closeness, which is my prayer for my life, and it's my prayer for every one of you, when we receive that closeness, when we have that intimacy, when we're in true relationship with God, it will keep us away from those places we shouldn't be. Anyone struggle going to places? I know you're not going to put your hand up for that one, but how many struggles and goes places and involves yourselves with things that you want to break free from, but yet there's a pull, there's just a... Listen, your relationship with God... God will keep you from those places. Anyone struggle with the words they say? Your relationship with God will clean up your mouth. Come on, I said your relationship with God will clean up your mouth. Not only stop you cursing, but stop you talking bad to your wife, to your husband, to your kids, to your neighbors, to the people you work with. You see, that type of intimacy and closeness with God will begin to put a barrier around your mind that will control the thoughts that we have no business to even begin to entertain. 
that closeness with God will keep us living a life that is totally pleasing to Him. So what I want to do again this morning is I want us to read our newfound anthem. This is our new testimony song. This is our verse of testimony. If someone asks you how you're doing in your life, I think every day you should be able to quote Romans 12 verse 11 to it. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, I'm serving the Lord. What does that mean? You don't have to quote it like that. You need to just tell them, you know, every day I'm living with passion for God. Come on, that's what it means. Every day I'm excited and ready and energized because God is so good. Yeah, I may have rough days. I may not feel the best today. But that doesn't change the fact that God is still great and God is still good. So read that with me again. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I like how it writes, though, in the new uh, or the NIV version. It says this, never be lacking in zeal. Now remember, zeal means eager desire and effort, earnest enthusiasm. Give me some zeal in the house. Come on, give me some zeal in the house. Come on, that's good. All right, that was zeal with your maths. I want zeal with everything of you. Are you ready? Come on, one, two, three. There you go. Miss Patricia was starting the wave at the back and you didn't follow. Never be lacking in zeal, eager desire and effort, earnest enthusiasm, but keep your spiritual fervor, great warmth of feeling, intense emotion. Keep your spiritual fervor. As you serve the Lord. I love that. I want that to be my testimony. I want people to look at me and say, there's Romans 12, 11. He's got so much passion and, and, and zeal and enthusiasm and life. Man, I, I want some of that. I want people to want what I've got, not, not want what I have. Never lacking. Isn't that a great word? Never lacking. Never lacking. In fact, Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Another translation is, I shall not lack. Shall not lack, be in need. There is never a reason in our lives where we should be without. When we have God, as Arnold said, the rewarder with us. I love that, never lacking, but living in great excitement as I serve the Lord. True relationship grows, it doesn't diminish. True relationship and a life that's surrendered to God, that's the starting point, saying, God, I don't want it my way anymore, I want it your way. And when we get to that place of surrender, it's then that we place our lives in the fullest potential that we can experience the greatest fulfillment. Because we'll experience a life that's not controlled by circumstances, but a life that's surrendered over to a God who controls every circumstance that we face. For the past two services now, last Sunday and Wednesday night, and yes, we do have service on Wednesday, just to let you know, and we'd love to see you at 6.45. We have a great time and got great programs for the kids and nursery. I mean, there's no excuse. Plus, you get a great supper, all free of charge. You need to come on a Wednesday night. I think you're missing something when you're not here on Wednesdays because what we've been doing is we've been giving you the skeleton on Sundays and we've been going into the meat and potatoes on Wednesday. So for the past two services now, we've been discussing surrender. And today I want to talk about passion. 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 I, you know, I love that word. That word makes me smile when I just think of passion. Come on, say with me, passion. I mean, come on. If you're going to say the word passion, can you say it with some passion today? Okay, are you ready? Let's say the word passion with passion today. Come on, one, two, three. Passion. 
passion. There you go. Just kind of draw it out just a little bit. Look at your wife or your husband sitting beside you and look him square in the eye and say, passion. Come on, behave yourselves. You're in church today. But passion, I looked up the word passion in the dictionary. And the word passion is a very strong or violent feeling or emotion. I like that, violent. A very strong or violent feeling or emotion. Therefore, passion, listen to me, is an expression. Passion is an expression that comes forth out of your life. If you love something, you're going to be passionate about it. It's an expression. But listen to me. Passion is more than just an expression. Thank God for that. But true passion is an expression or the evidence of what? An authentic affection that you have. And when we're talking about our relationship with God, what we're saying is, as the result of us loving God, being in relationship with Him, there should be an expression called passion that is evident to the fact that there is an authentic relationship, affection that I have with God. In other words, if you love God, you won't have to tell someone. They'll see it and they'll feel it because you'll be passionate about Him. You see, God made us passionate about what we love. And through passion, we can enjoy obeying God and we can enjoy living for God. We can enjoy bringing God glory. A Christian life is not a boring life. If it is to you, then get saved because you need some passion in your life. A Christian life is an exciting life. It's full of perhaps the unknowns, but nothing's unknown to God. But all I have to do is walk in faith. And let that passion of God rise. You see, if we're not passionate, then we have never truly experienced relationship with God. Why? Because passion is an expression. It's evidence of an authentic affection. An authentic connection. An authentic relationship that I have with God. Can we talk about sports for a few minutes in church today? Is that okay? Let's talk about sports for a few moments today. You know, it's amazing. Even if I just say the word sports for some of you, there's just an excitement that's starting to well up inside of you. There's there's a passion that's coming. I mean, all I've said is sports, and there's like a a passion. There's an anticipation of what you're going to say. Why? Because you're passionate about your team. I mean, we don't like to put it this way, but the reality is we love our team. I mean, if we're really passionate about them, we love our team. Can I say three letters today? Are you ready? Hold on to your seats. Everyone hold down. Buckle your seatbelts. If we had seatbelts, this would be a time to put them down. This is not for the faint-hearted. Those of you who are pregnant, there is a warning that's going out right now. Be careful. Let me mention three words to you, three letters to you today. You ready? L. S. U. Come on, some of you right now are beginning to feel that passion. Why? Because you know what this is. This is the fight song. Come on, you're feeling the passion. All right, thank you, thank you. There's a passion, there's an excitement. Some of you are like, yeah, it's only like 19 days and five hours and three minutes till the first game. I mean, we've got it all down. I mean, our whole lives are booked up for the next six months. We're going. But isn't it amazing how passionate we can get if we just even hear music like that? 
Mr. Huss's cell phone, I thought, was perhaps going to go off in church this morning because he's got the fight song on his cell phone too. I was going to call him right at that time and just let it go off. But LSU, and I, I think there are other teams out there, I'm not sure, but from the last time I checked, I think there's a couple more, but I think LSU is the best one. But when we talk about sports, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's tennis, some of you have been watching the tennis, I love watching tennis, Wimbledon, and um, all that great stuff, disappointed Andy Murray got beat by Nadal, there was a dividence in our house on Friday, I'm an Andy Murray fan, Kelly's a Nadal fan, so we didn't talk to each other all day Friday, and... um, but that's cool. I, I talked to her Friday night. If Andy Murray would have won, she wouldn't have talked to me for three weeks. To see the gracious one in the house, there you go. Just all I want to say right there. And, um, but, you know, any time we start talking about sports, whatever it may be, there is a passion inside of us. Because many of us, if not all of us, have some type of interest there, whether we play or whether we're just a part of it through watching other people living out our dreams, perhaps, for some of us, through other people. But you know how that passion plays out. You know how that passion plays out for a team like LSU? We'll buy the shirts. We'll wear the hats. The ladies will buy the earrings and the jewelry. We'll wear the shoes. We've got LSU shorts. We've got LSU bumper stickers. We've got flags that will fly on our cars on game day. We've got surrounds around our license tags that says LSU. Why do we do that? I'll tell you why we do that. Because we're a fan. We're a supporter. We're passionate about it. Many of you have perhaps already planned parties. Kelly and I were talking about it. I don't know if we are, but we were talking about going to the first game. I'd love to go to the Palace in Dallas to see LSU play Oregon, and we may try and go for the opening game this year. I don't know. But for many of us, you've planned parties, and and you love the tailgating scene. You love just to hang out with other people and talk with people. Why? Because you're a fan. Some of you have already changed plans. Some of you have already told your best friend you can't go to their wedding because it's game day. When we, when we advertised the fact that we were doing Celebrate Recovery on Saturday night, can you believe some people said, well, what happens when LSU plays? Well, what happens when LSU plays is we're going to still be here having church because church is a whole lot more important than LSU. Do I hear an amen? Or an oh my, there you go. But we change our plans. We change our schedules. We focus in around those days. What time's the game? Why? Because we're a fan, because we're a supporter. Win or lose, Monday morning we go to work and we talk about it or we complain about Les, whichever way you want to go. Why? Because we're a fan. Why? Because we are passionate about our team. If you were to look up the word fan in the dictionary, here's the definition that you would see. A fan is an enthusiastic follower. Come on, give me some fans in the house. You ready? One, two, three. Let me see some fans in the house. One, two, three. Oh, that is ridiculous. I mean, a fan is an enthusiastic follower. Come on, it's the dying seconds. This is how LSU plays out every week. It's the dying seconds. We're down six. We've got the ball on the five-yard line. There's five seconds to go. What's his name's just fumbled the ball. What's his name, the guy, the quarterback? Remember the guy that kept you up for weeks and weeks last year? Peterson or whatever. What's his name? Or whatever his name is. Anyway, he's just fumbled the ball. There's five seconds to go. Les has run out all the time. There's no clock left. So what are we going to do? What are you going to do? 
come on. All of a sudden, they snap the ball. Three seconds, two seconds, one. All of a sudden, they've run it in for a touchdown. What happens to enthusiastic fans in the house? Come on. You're a bunch of liars. You don't do that. Come on, show me right now what you do in your living rooms in Death Valley when you've just witnessed LSU snatch it from the jaws of death. You think it's all over, but all of a sudden he runs through and the ref or whatever his name is with that striped shirt goes like this. What does everyone in the house do? Why do you do that? Because you're an enthusiastic follower. You're a fan. You are a fan. But listen, they didn't have the word fan in Jesus' time. But you know what Jesus taught and asked of every one of those days? Jesus would look at them and he would say, follow me. Would you follow me? Would you follow me? Leave your family and follow me. Jesus asked people of that day to be his fan. To be his follower. But more than that, to be an enthusiastic follower. Look what he says to a lawyer in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. A lawyer comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus a question. What must I do to be saved? What's the deal, Jesus? I mean, can you tell me? Jesus threw back, actually, and said to him, well, what does the law say? And the man actually replied to his own question. He gave his own answer from what the... The word said. But this is the answer when it was asked, what can I do to follow you? Jesus, or the man, said these words. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, sorry, with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What do I need to do, Jesus, to be a follower? What do I need to do to be in true relationship with you? God says, love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. Whether you've realized it or not, that's enthusiasm. I said, that's enthusiasm there. That's being a fan. That's being a fan. Jesus said, if you're going to serve me, you've got to serve me with everything you have. Not just half-hearted like, oh yeah, woo. You're an enthusiastic follower. With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with everything you have. In fact, do you know that the word enthusiasm really is comprised of two words? The first word is en, E-N. And the second word is theos, T-H-E-O-S. Theos means God. So when you take the word enthusiasm, it literally means en in, theos, God. So enthusiasm literally means in God. Think about that. We're a follower, therefore we need to be enthusiastic. We need to be in God. The question today is, are you in God or are you into God? I'm into God. Come on, I'm not ashamed to say I'm into God. Me and God are tight. Come on, I'm into God. I love God. I'm not afraid to turn around and say to someone, I'm in love with Jesus. They may look at you a little bit strange, but come on, I'm into God. I'm an enthusiastic follower. I'm one that wants to love God with all my heart, my mind, my strength. I'm one that wants to not just be on a Saturday cheering for something that is pretty pointless, but I want to live for something that's life-changing. I want to be a true fan of God. You see, I want to be enthusiastic in God. Into God. That's when I surrender my life. 
And when I give my life to God, I'll be energetic about it. You see, a relationship with God goes hand in hand with passion. I said a relationship with God goes hand in hand with passion. Notice I didn't say hype. Big difference between hype and passion. Can I, can I just fill you in for a few moments today? Hype is what? Making something happen. It's maybe not there, so you try and hype people up. You've got to pump them. You've got to work them a little bit. It's not there, so you've got to try and make it happen. But we discovered earlier that passion is already alive inside of you, and it's an expression or the evidence of what's already there. So what am I saying there? My relationship with God goes hand in hand with passion. I don't have to work something up that's not there. Aren't you glad that you don't have to work something up that's not there? It's alive inside of you. It's real. My relationship with God should never be high. But passion, which is an overflow of what's going on inside of me. Never lacking in zeal. Remember that? Romans 12, 11. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor as I serve the Lord. My passion is there for what reason? Because I love God. We are to be fans of God. Followers, as Jesus said. When Jesus said, follow me, he meant he wanted true fans or enthusiastic followers. In other way, the way we are for sports, we should be more passionate for God. That was a good time to say amen right there. I mean, don't just say it because I said it. I mean, let me hit you with that one again. And, and don't lie in church. I mean, lying is bad enough wherever, but in church, that's probably doubly bad. I mean, you maybe need to scoot away from your neighbor a little bit. I mean, lightning bolts may come down and smite us right here in church. Smoking shoes are going to be left. But listen, the way we are enthusiastic about sports, we need to be more enthusiastic about God. Oh, forget the fact about my makeup's going to run and I'm going to sweat. And what do people think? Listen, you don't care when you're on the couch at home what your neighbours are thinking. In fact, when would they won the championship? I think some people were running around the house and screaming outside and everything. I mean, you didn't care. You thought later, man, I must have looked like an absolute idiot. But at the moment, you did not care. So don't give me all that, that, oh, we've got to be dignified and behaved in church. Hey, there's some churches that you've got to be dignified and behaved in, but can I tell you, this is not one of them. We're respectful in the house, and we honor God, and we're not crazy, we're not eerie-feary, and all this kind of weird stuff, but we're people who are passionate about God, who love God. In the same way we should be cheering and hollering and shouting, is the same way when the band begins to play, there should be a roar that goes up. Just like the excitement when the fight song went, people went to their feet and began to feel it. As soon as the drums and as soon as the keyboards start playing, there should be a passion that rises up inside of us. Why? Because we're an enthusiastic fan, a follower of Jesus Christ. As I said, I know we all have our different personalities and styles. We have our different ways of expression. You know, some people have said to me, especially ladies, well, you know what? I'm just kind of quiet. I just don't do that. I've used this example so many times. You know, if you're in the mall and someone stole your purse, you won't turn around and go, help. Help. 
You wouldn't worry about your makeup running as you tear off after him. You wouldn't worry about what was bouncing, what was swinging, what was going, what was happening. I mean, you would just tear after them because what? They've took something from you. Come on, do I have a witness in the hand? So don't tell me. Don't tell me. You'd be screaming, hey! Get up! Get up! Hey! Man! Get, I mean, come on, you wouldn't care. People would be like, look again. Is she nuts? What's the gun? But you wouldn't care. Why is it that when it comes to God, our passion is so dead? Our passion is so dead. A preacher said that once, true story, a preacher said once that someone dropped dead in the service. They called the paramedics in. And they said they counted nine people out before they found the dead person. Took nine people out of the church before they found the dead person. True story, though. They really did die in church, but the rest was just kind of evangelistically speaking, if you know what I'm talking about. But we all have our different personalities and styles and our different ways of expression. But you see, here's what's got to happen. Here's what's lacking in the church, in our lives, in our relationships with God today. I'm out of breath. When people come into our church who don't have passion, who don't know God, they're broken, they're hurt. There's those who today have come into church that know God and love God, but they're still broken and they're still hurt. You know what happens when they come into this church? I'm going to go one step further. When they pull onto the parking lot, they're in the hallways, in the cafe, the restrooms, not just the sanctuary, the kids' area. The nursery, dropping their kids off. They should be able to sense and see the excitement of all the fans. They should be able to sense and see the excitement that's in the house. The atmosphere should be electric. The atmosphere should be explosive. The atmosphere should be undeniable. And you know why? Because the last time I checked, we're here to celebrate the God of the universe who loves us. We're here to celebrate one who gave his life for us, who died for us, that what? That we can have life. We talked about it Wednesday. We've come to be a part of one who cares for us. That means no matter what, he cares for us. He'll take care of us. He'll watch over us. Listen, people should be able to feel the life-given presence of God from the passion that's inside of us. A power that wants to strengthen them. A power that wants to refresh them. A power that wants to renew them. A power that wants to save them. A power that wants to heal them. A power that wants to restore their marriages. A power that wants to change them and transform them. Before the word is even preached from the pulpit, listen to me today. They should feel a passion that is emanating from us as fans. Because like when we go to an LSU game or a sports, we're excited. We've got the gear on. We're dressed. We're all pumped. We're excited. We're in our seats and we're high-fiving people. And we're de- but when we come into church, we become so miserable and depressed. It's amazing how you can have a bad week from Monday through Friday, but it doesn't affect you Saturday, but it affects you Sunday. Can someone explain that? 
It doesn't affect you Saturday, you're at the games or you're doing... But when it comes to Sunday, oh, I'm just too depressed. Can't make it. Where's the passion? Where's the passion? Where is the life from those who are supposed to be in relationship with God? Jeremiah said it this way, and I like how Jeremiah said it. Jeremiah had been put in stocks. He'd been stretched and put in stocks because he had prophesied against a king. The king was gracious and took him out and said, Now, Jeremiah, what are you going to do? Listen to what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah begins thinking in the natural. He begins to say, here's the deal, king. You know what? I'm not going to make mention of him ever again. I've learnt my lesson. But what Jeremiah is really thinking is, I'm just going to go around the corner and I'll tell someone else. I'll, I'll just avoid this man. But notice what he begins, or what begins to happen. I'm not going to speak any more of his name. Jeremiah is struggling getting these words out because all of a sudden, he, he, he's beginning to shake. Something's happening to him. I'm not going to talk about Jesus anymore. I'm not going to mention his name. But then all of a sudden, something begins to be alive inside of him. And he says this, but you know what? His word is what? It's like a burning fire that shut up in my bones. He said, and I'm weary from holding it in. And he says, I cannot hold it in any longer. That's passion. I said, that's passion. A burning inside of me. That no matter the place I'm at where it's not cool to talk about Jesus. Or when people look and say, oh that Christian stuff is junk. You know what? We should not be able to hold our peace. We can be like Jeremiah and say, man I'm trying to be quiet. But there needs to be something alive inside of us. A relationship with God. Because passion is an expression or the evidence of an authentic affection. Given to God. There was a passion from within him. Passion that was authentic evidence of a relationship that he had with God. That the Bible says he could not contain. Like fire. Like fire. Listen to me. When you first went to ball games, no one as a kid had to teach you how to cheer. Yeah, you watched other people around, but no one sat down and said, No, listen, son, you're doing it all wrong. You need to do this. You need to do that. No one told you that you could raise your hands when they scored a touchdown. No one had to tell you it's okay to clap and jump up and down and scream. But yet, how many times do we get asked the question, why do we raise our hands in church? But yet, we get asked the question, why do we sing? Why do we get excited? Why do we have praise and worship? What is the deal with all of those things? Just like in a game, the reason we do it is because we're passionate about it. I said it's because we're passionate about God. We lift our hands because we're saying, God, I surrender to you again. We dance and clap for what reason? He's been good to us. He's been good to us. As Aaron said, when we go through, when I woke up this morning, that song, and you know, when I said, thank you, Jesus. I like how Aaron says that. I wished I could say it like that. And we talked about that because he's been better to me 
than I've been to myself. Come on, right now. He's been there. And that's why we praise. That's why we shout. Listen to me. If you don't lift your hands, if you don't praise God, it's got nothing to do with your personality. You just need some passion. You just need to fall in love with God all over again. Because there's nothing I would not do for Kelly. And I don't care. I'm not afraid to tell her I love her in front of whoever. I'm not afraid to give her a big smooch and a kiss. Why? Because I love her. In the same regards, if we love God, we should not be afraid to show the expression of our love. And the expression of our love is passion. 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 You see, when we fall in love with God... We'll be passionate in worship. Listen to this statement I heard about worship today or this week, and I thought it was incredible. It says this, Worship is an instinctive byproduct of our thoughts and feelings about Him. Think about that. Worship is an instinctive byproduct of our thoughts and feelings about Him. When you're passionate about God and the band starts playing, come on, your hands are going to be going up. Why? Because it's an instinctive byproduct of the thoughts and the feelings, how much you're in love with God. I'm not afraid to show God how much I love Him. Today I can assure you that at all football games, all soccer games, all basketball, baseball, tennis, whatever it may be, real fans today will be lifting their hands. Real fans will be clapping. Real fans will be jumping up and down. Real fans today will be screaming and hollering. Why? Because real fans express genuine, authentic passion for their teams. Read that. I want you to not just hear that. Read that with me. You don't have to say it out loud, but read that with me. Real fans express genuine, authentic passion for their teams. Likewise, we as followers of Christ, those who are in relationship. We should express genuine, authentic passion towards him. But that passion, listen to me, is not just outward. It's from the heart. The word of God tells us in John 4 verse 24, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. That means it's not just an outward show of cheering and waving our arms. That's, that's not what ultimately matters to God. But listen to me. Those actions come from a severe or, or from a sincere devotion in our hearts to God. As we love Him in spirit and in truth, there'll be a passion, there'll be an expression, there'll be an evidence that's authentic and that's real that will come out in our lives. And how does it manifest itself in an outward appearance? That our hands will be up, tears will be rolling down our face, our feet won't cease moving. Someone said to me, well, I've never felt the urge to do that. I mean, there's a lot of days you don't feel the urge to go to work, but you still have to go. Let me help you with something when it comes to praising God. You've got to take the first step in the flesh. What do I mean by that? You've got to be the first person to start clapping your hands, because the last time I checked, God never started clapping my hands for me. I had to take that step, and then I met God. Or even better said, He met me. You know, all of a sudden, I'm standing at the front. It's not just like one, and I can't stop it. I'm the one that lifts my legs and gets going. There's been a lot of times that I've hurt myself, perhaps playing sports or something. But you know what I'll try and tell myself? You know what? My back can be killing me because I suffer with bad back sometimes. 
But when it comes to the house of God, I'm saying, I'm not going to let that hinder my prayer. I'm not going to let that hinder my praise. I may not be jump as high and I may not be able to sustain it for so long, but you know what? There's a praise, there's a passion inside of my heart that I've just got to give something to God. I've just got to give God the glory and I've just got to give God the praise. God created us to be passionate about what we love. But how much passion do we waste on that which will never love us in return? LSU is great. I love sports. In fact, if it was up to me 24-7, probably our channel would be on ESPN. How many knows I don't win that battle? Only 23 and a half hours. I love sports and all those things. But LSU has never done anything to me apart from take my money, steal my joy, give me a little bit of happiness, but it's sure short-lived. Really, when you look at it, those things that we're passionate about are really things that take from our lives. But we need to be passionate about someone who will give to our lives, who will bless our lives. You see, if we love something or someone, we can't keep quiet about it. Our enthusiasm, our passion for God, listen to this as I get ready to close. Our enthusiasm or our passion for God is the key part of our witness to others. It's a key witness tool to other people. Why? Because it's the evidence of our relationship. It's the evidence of the fact that our relationship with God is authentic and real. Have you noticed today the number one shows on TV are reality shows? Why is it? Because people are crying out for reality. But they're looking for everything else to fill a God-shaped void that's inside of them. They're desiring something that is real. They're searching. They're longing out there. And that's why we need passion. That's why we need the evidence of an authentic relationship. Why? Because people are dying every day and they need to see the fact that there is reality. There is life. There is hope out there. You see, your passion is not just about coming to church and worship. Your passion is about touching other people around you 24-7, letting them see the fact that you're alive and that you love God. So let me quickly review our pursuit of relationship, true relationship, being alive again. We've talked about surrender, giving everything to God, experiencing surrender. We've also talked today about experiencing passion. Passion is a significant part of our relationship with God. God wants us consistently passionate for Him. If you're still struggling to understand how this could become true in your life, surrender and passion, you need to ask God to help you. And we're going to give you a few moments to do that in a few seconds. And I'll close with this. God wants you more than you do. God wants this more than you do. God wants you to be passionate, perhaps even more than you do. For what reason? Because he knows what true relationship with him will bring to your life. Because he knows what's the best way you can live. Parents, the best example you can be to your kids is live a life of passion to God. and Let them be passionate about him. So are you alive today in him? Are you passionate about him? Is the enthusiasm of your relationship with God evident to those who are around? Why? Because it's an expression 
of something that's alive and real. It's not hype. It's passion. Do you have passion for God? I mean, do you have passion for God? Some of us should be ashamed of the shout we gave for LSU when the half-hearted praise that we offered up in the worship time today. See, what we'll love, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you treasure is evidence. Come on, did you catch that? What you treasure, there'll be evidence of. We've got to start treasuring God. Our relationship with God is number one priority because as we get that in life, We'll be passionate. There'll be an expression. There'll be an evidence of love. That when we come into this place, whether we're feeling beaten and bruised, our hands will be up in the air and we'll be praising God. Why? Because it's our time of surrender and giving to God. And it's not only for us, but there's other people around us that need our worship and praise too. They need the authenticness, the authenticity of our relationship with God. Are you in relationship with we would like to thank you for listening to this message today we pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard but we also know it will be changed as you put god's word into effect at heart sees family life church our doors are always open to help if you need any more information or just a friend to listen We are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.